Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. It's great to see everybody this morning. I appreciate you so much being here and for worshiping with us at First Baptist Barberville. We're going to continue this morning going through the Word together, and we're almost to the end of the Word. I mean, last week we stopped in the book of Hebrews, such a just a fascinating book, and we could probably spend months going through the book of Hebrews. But last week we stopped and talked about the importance of discipline and how God uses discipline on, on the children that He loves. Sometimes we children need His discipline. But also, as Christians, we need to live a life of discipline. We have to practice spiritual disciplines. We have to be disciplined in order to be more like Christ. Now, we only have a couple weeks left in the year. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, it's been, a re- it's been a privilege first and foremost, but it's been a real joy going through the Word with you and, and having you all read along where we're at each week. Uh, and we're going to do this again next year, but we're going to go through the Word in a different way. So you'll be getting a, a handout next week available for everybody that wants to go through the Word in 2023. And we're going to do this again and, and hit some other points along the way as we read through the Bible together. So as we wrap things up this year, we're going to go back to the writings of the Apostle Paul. And we've hit a lot of his writings, a lot of his letters along the way over the past couple months especially. And this morning we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And at this point, the Apostle Paul has had quite a life following Christ. He he has made a lot of disciples. He's helped plant a lot of churches. He's made a lot of people mad along the way, but he's done a lot of really great things. And now uh, at this point, he's actually written every other letter that we have of his that's in the New Testament. And he sits down one more time in his Roman prison and he picks up his pen one last time to write to his beloved son in the faith, Timothy. I think Paul knows that his days are numbered, that probably any day his death is coming. And so he shares his final thoughts with his son in the faith about life, about ministry, about what Timothy needs to do and what the churches need to do. And it's in this context in chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 14, that Paul writes this. He says, Remember or remind them of these things, And charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness. And their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, 
And let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument, set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes, because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. As I reflected over this passage of Scripture this week, I thought if you knew your life was coming to an end, like you just knew it was, it was a matter of time, and you had the opportunity in those days or weeks or months to sit down and to just, just to write, what would you write? What would you write about? What, what final wisdom or encouragement or instruction would you leave behind if you knew that your days were numbered? More importantly, I think, is this question. To whom would you write? Would it be your kids? Would it be your, your fellow believers, your family? Who would it be? And so Paul has written to all these churches, uh, the churches in Galatia, Corinth, all these places that we've visited over the past several weeks. He's written his magnum opus, his, his theological manifesto, which we call the book of Romans. And he's possibly even written the book of Hebrews that we were in last week. But now he turns to write to a single person, an individual, this young man that who Paul has poured himself into over the years. And above all things, I think Paul, throughout this letter, encourages Timothy to remain faithful to the truth, to, to keep the gospel message pure, to hold to, to God's word and to sound teaching and to sound doctrine. And, and folks, just as relevant as that lesson and that message was to Timothy 2,000 years ago, it is probably more important to our culture today. Because today we still need to hold fast to God's truth, to God's word, to God's standards, to be faithful in stewarding his truth and his gospel message. And as Paul tells Timothy, to be workmen and work women who are unashamed of God's truth, who are unashamed of the gospel, and who are unashamed to take a stand for the truth of God's word. So the three takeaways from Paul's words to Timothy this morning. The first is this, I'm a student of the truth. Now, when I decided I wanted to be in ministry, or when God decided for me that I was going to be in ministry, I knew I needed to get an education. I knew, even though I grew up in church, there was a lot. I just didn't know about the Bible, about theology, about church history, about all these things, Greek and Hebrew, Lord have mercy. And so I had to go to seminary and learn some of these things. And so the first thing after college, which I'll be honest, I didn't learn a lot of Bible in, in college at the University of Kentucky. I'll just be transparent this morning. But in seminary at the master's level, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff over a few years. But the biggest thing I learned was there's a lot I don't know. 
And so, so I decided pretty early on, I'm going to have to continue my education and go back and get a, a doctorate level degree because if I want to do this right, I need to study and learn as much as I can. And then I get that done. You know what I've learned now? There's even more I don't know. I don't think you could go back and get 10 degrees, every degree that the seminary offered, and know everything there is to know about God's ways and God's word and everything that you can learn. As my grandfather, who was also a Baptist preacher, in his final days, we talked about the Bible. And as we talked about it, we came to the conclusion that you can never exhaust the treasures of God's Word. No matter how many times you read it, no matter how much you study it, you will always have to be a lifelong student of God's Word. And it's one reason we're going to go back through the Bible again next year. So Paul tells Timothy... First, you're to be diligent. Now, that phrase in some translations is translated to study. To study the Word. Continually learn God's Word and from God's Word. And so as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, as a disciple of His, we are also students. We are pupils of the Word of God and of God's truth. Every believer is to be a continual, lifelong student in God's Word. And this is a responsibility of ours that our culture, even our Christian culture in the United States, has often neglected. And I'll be the first to tell you, we could learn a lot about this from our Jewish friends who began studying God's Word deeply sometime around the age of five. They began to learn it and to memorize it and hear about it and, 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 and even memorize large portions of God's Word at a very young age. And that education in the Word continues through all, throughout all their formative years to when they're uh, adults, they can just rattle off chapters and even full books of the Bible. How many, how many if I said, let's hear, uh, let's hear Leviticus chapter 28... Word by word. Who could do that for us this morning? I couldn't. And what I'm getting at is our culture is so much different when it comes to treasuring God's Word than them. And I say that because there's, there's data to back that up. George Barna found that only 17% of churchgoers, not just 17% of Americans, but 17% of people that go to church on a regular basis, only 17% can tell you what the Great Commission is. And what it means. Folks, how can we fulfill our commission? How can we obey our marching orders if we don't even know what it is? Or let alone what it means. That's why Paul is urging Timothy to be diligent. To be a student of the word. And then to present yourself first and foremost to God. To be approved by God. Being able to, as some translations say, rightly divide or teach the word of truth. And it's important because other people's faith can depend on your correct understanding and correct knowledge of and correct teaching of God's word. It's not just about you having all this knowledge, but it's, it's your ability to teach somebody else and share that truth with them. And I love that Paul goes so far in this that he, he starts naming names. He says, these guys over here, they're missing it. They're teaching a, a false doctrine. And, and, and he starts calling people out. And he says, this false teaching, this, this poor understanding that they're putting out there and relaying to other people, Timothy, it's so dangerous. It's like gangrene that's going to spread throughout the entire body. It's like this sickness that's going to rot the body of Christ because it's not true. Therefore, we must, one, know the truth, be lifelong students of the truth, so that we, not just me, but we, can teach others the truth 
of God's Word and ensure that the body of Christ is being taught and fed the full truth of the Word of God. Not some false gospel or not some false doctrine, but what saith the Word of the Lord. Not only is it good for teaching others, second point is this, is that Paul says, I'm set apart by this truth. Knowledge is great, and I love learning, but knowledge is only a small portion of this larger equation. Knowledge that doesn't result in transformation, or as we would say, sanctification, is basically just a bunch of useless information. Okay, So Paul tells Timothy that God knows those who are truly His, and those who are truly His will... Notice the phrase, will turn away from their wickedness. Such people who are truly the Lord's will be different from everybody else. Paul says they will be set apart. And that set apart is the meaning of sanctification, of us becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ. We all are to be set apart and different. Not just set apart to look good, because we're different from the rest of the world. Paul tells Timothy, we're to be set apart for a purpose. He says, for every good work. Elsewhere, he'd say, for every good work that God prepared ahead of time for you to do. And so the question becomes this. How do we do this? How are we set apart? How are we sanctified to become more like Christ ourselves through this knowledge? Paul says in verse 19, we've called upon the name of the Lord. So what's next? Well, I think Jesus gives us the answer to this in John chapter 17 in his very intimate and personal prayer with the Father in John chapter 17 as Jesus begins to pray for his disciples he says this he says Father they're not of the world just as I'm not of the world so that's the first key we're supposed to be in the world but not necessarily of the world and Jesus says this he says Father sanctify them by the truth now what's the truth? Jesus says Father your word is the truth. Likewise, Paul would tell the Ephesian church that Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for her to make her holy, that is to be sanctified or set apart. He says, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. And so what scripture as a whole is teaching us in the New Testament through Jesus, through Paul, is that if we want to be different, if we want our lives to begin to look different and we want to be holy because God is holy and Christ is calling us to holiness and we want to be more like Christ, then we have to do that through the word of God. Sanctification comes through the washing by the word, comes through the renewing of our minds through the word of God. And through His truth. It's through the Word that we learn about God's character. That we learn about God's mind. What we learn about the things that God is passionate about. We learn about what pleases God. What displeases God. It's through the Word entering our lives and our being that our attitudes begin to change. How many can be honest and say, sometimes I need an attitude adjustment. You're going to get that through the Word of God. It's through the Word that God begins to pierce and to mold and shape our hearts that He reshapes and He reforms us not into a better us, but into a more Christ-like person. It's through the Word that disciples are made. And I believe that apart from the Word of God, true biblical discipleship cannot take place. And so that's why our church encourages folks in so many ways to get into the Word. So what does that mean for us? Well, it's like we talked about last week. It means that every day you need to be in the Word. If it's only for a couple of verses, you need to be in the Word every single day. Because how many people eat every day? Oh, come on now. Three people, so they eat every day. We all eat every day, right? You're going to go to Mexican or something after church, I guarantee it. And you're going to eat. 
If you feed your body every day, why would you not feed something more important, which is your soul? Every day you should feast on the Word of God, which is nourishment for your soul. It also means that we need to be involved in a setting, like a group, where we're intentionally getting into the Word with other believers, whether that's a Sunday school class or a D group, which we continue to promote, because we need to be around other believers who are in the Word with us. And get into the Word, as we say, until the Word gets into us and changes our lives. Last thing, it's not just for us. So Paul also reminds us of this third and final truth. Is I'm a servant for the sake of the truth. I'm a servant. Paul says we're not to be the only beneficiary of all of this knowledge that we gain. Of all of our studies and all of our labor. We're not just the beneficiary of our seminary degrees and our lessons in Sunday school. Just hoarding up all this knowledge and this understanding. And even the life change that we experience through that. It's not just for us and for our own sake. He tells Timothy, we're to be servants. Servants who are able to do a few things. Like correctly teach others the truth of God's word. Listen, there's no point in being able to teach if you're not going to teach somebody else. There's no point in just having all this knowledge saved up for yourself if you're not going to share that with somebody else. It's a vital part of the Great Commission in making disciples is to teach them everything Christ has commanded us to be obedient to. And I love how Paul concludes this passage. Again, put yourself in Paul's shoes for just a moment. He's sitting here a little bit older in life in this Roman prison of his, awaiting his death, knowing that Nero's getting ready to drop the hammer on him, pondering, reflecting over his life, his ministry, the things he'd done right, things he could have done a little bit better. And as he pours out these final exhortations to Timothy, Timothy, again, his son in the faith, he comes down to verse 25. And I like the way Paul wraps this up. He says, son... Perhaps, just maybe, through all of this, through all of our labor, through all of our studies and all of our teaching and through the work of God's Holy Spirit, through all the prayers, through all the petitions, through all the stuff that we we pour ourselves out for, man, just, just perhaps, maybe, God will grant them repentance. He says, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. He says, son, maybe they can escape the trap of the devil too, like we did. Maybe, Timothy, the people that you get to minister to, son, maybe your friends, maybe your family, maybe they can escape the flames of hell because you're pouring out what I've passed on to you. Because if you don't take the truth to them, son, there's no way they're going to hear it. This morning, what we've got to grasp, church, is that we are that servant that Paul is talking about to Timothy. He's not just talking about the preachers and the deacons and the Lottie Moon missionaries. He's talking about every Christian, every follower of Christ who is called to know the Word, who's called to be transformed by the Word, who's called to study to the Word, but also to teach and to share the Word and the Gospel 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single disciple, every single follower of Jesus is called to take the gospel to the next person, whoever that may be. And you, sitting here this morning, listen very carefully, church, you, sitting in this room this morning, you are God's plan to get the gospel to your friends and to your family and to your co-workers and to your acquaintances and all those people around you. You are the very best hope that the people in your life have of ever hearing the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've got to take it. The question is, what's keeping you from that this morning? What's keeping you from being a better student of the Word? But more importantly, what's keeping you from sharing it with somebody else? Because your sanctification, your salvation is not just the end goal here. It's the gospel, like we said earlier this year, came to you on its way to somebody else. And it's your job to get it there. Would you stand with us as we close in prayer? Father, this morning, God, it's my prayer that as stewards of this incredible gift that you've given us, God, that we could be unashamed. Unashamed as we stand before you, sanctified by your word and your truth but also unashamed workmen and unashamed workwomen, Lord, who are not afraid to make our faith known, who are unashamed to share the gospel with those around us, Lord, because we understand we are your plan to reach and disciple the nations. We are your plan to reach and disciple our lost loved ones. And God, I pray you'd give us the boldness this morning to be unafraid, to be unashamed, to be unhindered in sharing your gospel. Because it came to us, Lord. You reached us when we were unreachable. You called us out of that dark place that we were in, Lord, and you saved us. And God, how dare we take that for granted. Father, if there's someone here this morning that's never made that decision to follow Christ, I pray that right now, Lord, you give them the faith that it takes to make that choice and to say yes to Jesus. Lord, we love you and we give this time to you now. In his name we pray. Amen. This morning, if you need to come, if you need to be saved, if you need to follow these young men's example this morning in baptism or salvation, or you just need to come and pray this morning, why don't you come? as we sing. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville, or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.